Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. All right, all right, all right. Let's get this Monday morning started. You know, Monday is not my favorite day of the week. Welcome in. I'm Matt Locke. So glad you're here. And I have to say there are so many. Mondays are crazy. I mean, Mondays are crazy because everything seems to happen over the weekend. It it just always seems to be the case. And no matter what we do, it seems like the news tries to hide it from you. So lots of questions. Lots of questions today. Is RBG alive? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You guys know I I follow that stuff. I follow Q. Um, She had treatment again for pancreatic cancer. I'm going to tell you something here. You guys might find me a bit crazy, but I wish RGB the best. I I don't want Ruth to die. I I don't want any human being to die. And that's a difference between a caring human being and conservative and the death threats that went out from the Democrats when David Koch died. Now, I don't care that David Koch died. I I, I mean, he was 79 years old. He probably lived a great life. He was a multi-billionaire. The guy was an absolute rhino and a never Trumper. But you know what? I don't ever want to see someone die ever. It's terrible. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, we're, we're going through some stuff here at my house. Our oldest boxer, Samson, who's going to be 10, um, is struggling. And my wife and I are struggling. We're struggling with, you know, what do we do? The poor guy's got hip dysplasia. He's having balance issues now. We don't know if it's in her ear. We've had him in the vet four times in the last month and a half. You know, we're looking at this stuff and no one can tell us, oh, well, you know, he might be having many strokes. He might be, he's a boxer. They live eight to 10 years. David Koch was a, a man. He lived 79 years. It's, it, it's, it, it's that lifespan. And now my wife and I are struggling and we're wrestling with what do we do? So I've ordered, just so you know, and I, I want you to look at this for yourself too. Head over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, thematlockshow.com. Uh, I am a Verve Forever Ambassador. That's CBD oil cream. Uh, They tell you CBD oil works for migraines. It works for sleep, aches and pains, inflammation. It does a lot of great stuff. I have ordered, for forever, I have ordered some CBD oil for our dog, Samson. We're going to, this is our, this is our last, last ditch effort to see if we can't help with some inflammation, to see if we can't help with some hip dysplasia, to see if we can't help him make him more comfortable because we're, we're, we're facing a very tough decision. At some point, we're going to have to come to the realization that his quality of life sucks and we're going to have to put him down. And that's, that's a hard thing to fathom and a hard thing to come to. It's a hard decision to come to. We've had that dog for as long as we've been together. He was our first, he was our first boxer. We have three of them. He's a great dog. The best dog I've ever had. Smart funny personality and was a hell of an athlete. I mean, that dog could run 20 mile an hour. He, he could run. He, I was up on the farm. He could run right beside the four wheeler with me. He could jump over a five foot fence. I mean, he's beautiful. He's a fantastic dog. He has lived a fantastic life. And now we're at the end of it and we're just, try, we're trying to decide what to do. Now we're going to try the CBD oil because Ver forever carries a line of animal CBDs. But if you're looking for CBD, if you're if you got some inflammation, if you got some aches and pains, if you're got some migraines or headaches, having trouble sleeping, head over to the matlockshow.com. L-O-C-K-E. That's how you spell my last name. Hit that link. Because that's my link. That's how I get paid, fellas and ladies. And thank you for those of you who have done this. 
But hit that link, and you have, today is the 26th of August. Until the 31st of this month, for first-time buyers, if you use Verve 50, that's 5-0, you will get 50% off your purchase today. And if you order over $100, you'll get free shipping in the continental United States. What can you lose? Head over to thematlockshow.com, click on that Verve Forever link, and order your CBD oil, your cream, your dog CBD today. Do it. We I've done it. I've got the dog. I've got the pet CBD coming. I'm hoping. I'll, I'll keep you up to date on what happens. We're hoping that it helps with some inflammation. We're hoping that it helps with some pain. We're hoping that it helps him have a, a little bit longer life. We don't know. We're going to the vet. They don't know. We're going to try it and see what happens. Go over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E. You use Verve, V-E-R-V-E 50. You'll get 50% off your initial order today. Do it now. It's over at my website. Do it now. All right, got some questions. We talked about our RBG. Got a little bit sidetracked here. It is Monday. We talked about RBG. I may get in that tomorrow or Wednesday. Oh, by the way, a little programming note. There are big announcements coming. I haven't got, here's the thing with radio, and I'm not pulling your leg like the Doc Thompson big announcements, right? There is a big announcement coming. I'm just waiting on the finalization of some paperwork to get done. Once that does, you will know. And I'm hoping that it happens sometime in the next couple, two or three days. I was hoping it would happen last Friday. It did not, okay? I'm not stringing you along. I'm not doing anything. And by the way, you guys are fantastic. You have week over week. This is week number three. You week over week, first week to second week. In the second week, numbers were up over 30%. All because of you. Thank you so much. I'm 191st on the iTunes chart for politics for you know where you get your, your podcast on iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, uh, Spotify, um, all the places, Stitcher, all the places you can get podcasts. I'm 191st. Not bad for a radio show that took a three-year hiatus and became the conservative cartel, and now it's back to the Matlock show. I can tell you one big announcement that is going to happen this week, merchandise. The Matlock show merchandise, I'm going to start rolling it out. We're going to start this week with hats. I'm supposed to be picking up my order here probably tomorrow or Wednesday. I will get the pictures. I will get it put up. I'm talking to my web guy this week. We will have the shop up to get you the Matlock show hat. It's going to be the trucker caps because they're popular. I'm still debating on the price. I don't know what they're going to be, but they're going to be somewhere around $25 to $30. It's going to have the Matlock show, the studded microphone, and in my show logo on the hat. They're going to look fantastic. I've already got one coming, but those hats will be up, I hope, by the end of the week. I got Like I said, um, they're supposed to be done from my uh, folks over there doing my T-shirts and hats. I'm using a local company out of Burleson. Texas. And uh, the hats are supposed to be done by tomorrow or Wednesday. So I should have them in my hands no later than Wednesday. I'm hoping to have them up on the website by the weekend. So there's one big announcement. I can say that. Merchandise is coming. I have shirts coming. They'll, they'll be coming here in the next two to three weeks. I'm, I'm growing this slowly, guys, because I'm paying for all this out of my pocket. I'm paying for this. I'm, I'm buying these shirts. I'm getting inventory. I'm getting the website up and running. I'm doing the things I need to do to get this show up and moving. So bear with me. Because we are going to have shirts. I'm going to have a couple different designs. We may have some tumblers and coffee mugs as well. Uh, there's things that I'm doing. I just have to get it set up slowly. I'm trying to do this as we grow and to do it at a measured pace so that um, it all looks good, all comes out well, and everything is done right. Okay? So bear with me there. But new hats, the Matlock Show hats are coming hopefully by this weekend. Have t-shirts here in the next couple weeks. Um, on to the where, what's, and why's. So RBG. Is she alive? <laughs> I've asked this so many times. I don't know. You, you, you would think, I'm going to give you my little 30,000-foot view because I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've talked about this before. You would think that Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court would let us know if RBG was not alive, right? Somebody would let us know, right? Somebody would tell us that she is dead. I would hope, right? So I'm assuming she's still breathing, that she's still six foot up above the ground, right? Now, she's went through another bout of cancer, pancreatic, which is awful cancer, and I don't wish it upon anybody, but we hear she just went through some more rounds and that they got it and that she's done. I'm going to tell you, she must have great health care. 
She must have the best medical doctors that money can buy, but they want to foist upon us, and I'm talking about the Supreme Court and the, the, the Democrat Party, they want to foist upon us this Obamacare, crappy, nationalized health care that the socialistic left wants. But uh, we're going to get more into RBG maybe later this week. I don't want to spend a lot of time now because there's a couple um, really, really pressing questions going on right now. First of all, who is Joe Walsh? I don't know if you paid attention over the weekend, but uh, Joe Walsh, who is on the Salem Radio Network, who is a talk show host, who came in in 2010 as a congressman from Illinois on a Tea Party ticket, so we thought he was conservative. He is primarying Donald Trump. Bad move, but he is. Um, I've got his interview with uh, George Stavkalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakvalakv
There, look, George, this isn't easy to do. I just sat down with you and said, I'm going to run for president. I'm going to challenge this guy. I'm opening up my life to tweets and attacks. Everything I've said and tweeted now, Trump's going to go after and his bullies are going to go after. You ready for it? Yes, I'm ready for it. Republicans are scared to death of that. Here's what I think most of my former colleagues um, believe. They think Trump's going to lose in November and they want him to lose in November. And then they think they're done with him and everything can go back and they to lose, normal. Then they lose the courts, they lose the Supreme Court, they lose the next vacancy, they lose taxes. That's the argument the president has been making. They want Trump gone. They're just afraid to say that he's unfit. Look at this week. If you privately polled every member, Republican member of Congress, the president of the United States ordered private companies to not do business with China. The president of the United States said our Fed chair is as big of an enemy as China. Um, most Republican voters are tired of the drama. They're tired of his BS. George, I believe this. Look, the... Well, you're on talk radio every day. You're on in the afternoon in Chicago. When you speak like this, what do you hear from your listeners? Support, correct? I hear support for the president. It's difficult to be a critic of the presence in conservative talk radio, but I hear real ambivalence as well. And I hear often, George, what you just said at the beginning. I don't like him and I wish he wouldn't tweet and I wish he would keep his mouth quiet, but we're getting some good things done. But really, what are we getting done? And when I point out to those people who listen to me on conservative talk radio that we haven't built one foot of a wall, that, that this president who said, I'm going to eliminate the debt in eight years, uh, has increased the debt at a faster clip than Obama. But, George, this is not about issues. I, I would not be even thinking about primarying this president if I was upset with his position on the debt or the deficit. There actually is another challenger to President Trump, as you know from inside the party, William Weld. And he had a tweet uh, this week where he said this. He said, Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to our country, to the globe, and to himself. And this is what got everybody's attention. Hashtag America deserves better. Hashtag 25th Amendment. You talk about the president being unfit. Should the 25th Amendment be invoked? It should be looked at. George, we've never had a situation like this. You can't believe a word he says. And again, I don't care your politics, that should concern you. He's nuts, he's erratic, he's cruel, he stokes bigotry, he, um, he's incompetent, he doesn't know what he's doing. George, he's a narcissist. Everything he cares about, the only thing he cares about is Trump. He doesn't give a damn about America. He doesn't care about the border. You and I talked before I came on air. He lost me for certain at Helsinki. When, when the president conference with Putin. Yeah, when the president of the United States stood in front of the world and said, I stand with that guy and not my own people, uh, that's disloyal. That's un-American. Um, his supporters, I think, are tired of this. Our campaign slogan, George, is be brave. Be brave. Uh, this is not a difficult thing for me to do. I'm opening up my life. But the bet that my campaign is making, and I'm going to pound Trump every single day, he's a bully and he's a coward and somebody has to call him out. And I cannot believe nobody in our party is calling him out. But the bet, George, of my campaign is that there are a lot of Republicans who feel like I do. They're afraid to come forward. You said you want to make uh, the case against the president. The case. The question is, are you the best messenger? You said you want to make a moral case against the president. Here's what the Washington Examiner, conservative mm -hmm. uh, newspaper, said in response to your can potential candidacy this week. There's the matter of his history of being Trumpier than Trump. He's made a living on peddling the same sort of demagoguery, conspiracy mongering, and right-wing bomb throwing for which he now condemns the president. Your response? I helped create Trump. And George, that's not an easy thing to say. I, uh, look, we were divided before Trump. I went to Washington eight years ago. The part of the Tea Party class wanted to, to shake Washington up. I got involved in the battles. And there were plenty of times where I went beyond the policy and the idea differences. And I got personal and I got hateful. I said some ugly things about President Obama that I regret. And, and it's difficult, but I think I think that helped create Trump, um, and I feel responsible you, for you that. You did provide aid and comfort for the kinds of things he was saying. You yes. mentioned Obama. You called President Obama Muslim, an enemy, 
a traitor, and you often spoke out on racial themes. I want to show a couple of <clears throat> tweets that you had uh, right there. Number one, we lowered the bar for Obama. He was held to a lower, lower standard because he was black. That was just in 2017. And then a few months after that, not just President Obama, Senator Kamala Harris said something really dumb. Meh. If you're black and a woman, you can say dumb things. Lowered the bar. That is kind of textbook racism and sexism. Well, again, uh, the beauty of what President Trump has done is, George, he's made me reflect on some of the things I've said in the past. I had strong policy disagreements with Barack Obama, and too often I let those policy disagreements get personal. Do you really believe he, he's a Muslim? God, no, and I've apologized for that. And that's not an easy thing to do, not at all. But think about the contrast, George. Again, I'm burying my soul with you right now on national TV. We have a guy in the White House who's never apologized for anything he's done or said. I, I think it's a weakness not to apologize. I've, I, helped, I helped create Trump. There's no doubt about that. The personal ugly politics, I regret that, and I'm sorry for that. And now we've got a guy in the White House, George, that's all he does. Uh, understand, I, I, I walk around with this piece of paper every day, George. It's got all of Trump's lies on one side, mostly updated, and then everything that he does that's wrong. I feel responsible for this, but I'm a conservative, and I think there's a decent chance to present to Republican voters a conservative. What is the, no, what, is the, what is the conservative case? Real, real Trump. Not a snowball's chance in hell that Joe Walsh does anything other than dramatically flame out. And, and I, I'm going to go back in post-production here and see if I can't um, make that clip a little bit louder. Um, it, it's... It's about two-thirds of what I'm talking at right now. So it's a little quiet, but I'll see what I can do here when the show is over. So hopefully you won't notice it as much. But this guy's a loony tune. Joe Walsh is a loony tune. Now, AP, I want you to listen to this because it, it cracks me up. You know, the, 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 the Democrat Party, the mainstream media, hates Trump so much they will prop up a lunatic like Joe Walsh. And the guy is an absolute, out-of-his-mind lunatic. And you know what AP writes? Conservative firebrand. Seriously. Former Illinois rep Joe Walsh announced Sunday with ABC's news chief anchor George Stephanikodoulos on ABC's This Week that he's launching a long-shot Republican presidential primary challenge against President Trump. Now, here's some funny reaction to this because the Trump campaign Communications director Tim Murtaugh sent ABC News a one-word response to Walsh jumping into the race. Whatever. Now, <laughs> we used to do that back in high school. Remember, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. It's exactly right. This guy does not have a snowball's chance in hell of defeating President Trump. Over 90% of the Republican Party backs what Trump's doing. But you heard him. He's a child. He's childish. He's, he's, he's wrong. He's, I'm burying my soul with you right now on national TV. We have a guy in the White House who's never apologized for anything he's done. You can't apologize in politics. That's really the sad reality of the world we live in today. You can never apologize. Joe Biden cannot apologize for being a moron because if he does, he burns the ship to the ground. I mean, it's over. They will attack. You can never show weakness in politics. And here's old Joe. Well, I created Trump. It was me. It, it was the Tea Party. Because if you remember, Joe Walsh came into the Congress in the Tea Party uh F the, the mass, the mass election of Tea Party candidates in 2010. Ted Cruz was in that. Mike Lee was in that. I believe Rand Paul was in that. You had a mass influx of what we would call staunch libertarian conservatives. Now, you have to remember, Joe Walsh is from Illinois. He, 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 this guy is phony baloney, good time rock and roll, 
like Rush Limbaugh would say, he's just he, he he is not who he says he is. And he says this kind of textbook racism and sexism. You know, oh, oh, poor. I mean, it sounds like this guy's jealous of Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you something here. Throughout the interview, Walsh used harsh, inflammatory language to describe the president, calling him incompetent, nuts, erratic, narcissist, bully, coward, completely unfit, disloyal, and un-American. You know, I'm going to tell you about Joe Walsh here in a little bit, but I want you to listen to this little flashback here. Oh, guys are big league politics. Put this together. And once again, we're going to try to work on the volume here and make sure we got it to a reasonable level. It isn't going to be as loud as me, but we're going to get it up there so you can hear it. You may have to turn your, your volume up a little bit, but this is Joe Walsh back in, oh, I don't know, 2010, 11, 12, whenever the heck it was. He's out at a, a, a gathering for his constituents. And they caught this. Oh, it's it's 2011. I want to make sure. Um, he listened to what he says to his constituents at this meeting he has in 2011. Mind you, he's been a congressman for less than a year. Listen to this. Joe, look at the people, Paulson and whoever else, that keep going from a big bank, then they go into Fed government, then they go back into the banks, and they just keep rotating. I agree with you about that. I agree! That's not the problem. Why is he yelling? That's not the problem. The problem is you got to be consistent. And I don't want government meddling in the marketplace. Yeah, they, they, they move from, from Goldman Sachs to the White House. I, I understand all of that. But you got to be consistent. And it's not the private marketplace that created this mess. What created this mess is your government, which has demanded for years that everybody be in a home. And we've made it as easy as possible for people to be in homes. All the marketplace does is respond to what the government does. The government sets the rules. Don't blame banks and don't blame the marketplace for the mess we're in right now. I am tired of hearing that crap. So don't I am tired of hearing that crap. Fighting the situation, taking and there are money all the people they He's literally in this lady's face arguing. He's a foot away from her face. Pisses me off. He's in a bar. You don't listen. in place to do that. Are they doing their job? No. But what do you want to do? You want to bombard them with more regulations, more government? No, government's, government screwed this problem up. What do you want? Well, you know what you've got? Because you, honestly, no, you know what you've got? You've got Dodd-Frank. you got Dodd-Frank now that's trying everything. Yelling at her. You want more reform, more regulation? That's what you got. John, do you want more regulation? Is that what you want? Do you want Dodd-Frank? Is that what you want? What did I say back at uh, Joe's uh, barbershop? I need shop? more coffee. It's so, it's so I need more coffee. Strong stuff. Quiet for a second. I'm done with those. I mean, I want you to think about that for a second. He is literally screaming at his constituents. What do you want? What do you want? More government? What do you want? What do you want? More regulation? It's not the, it's not the banks. It's not the, you want this guy as president of the United States? Do you want this guy at the head of the most powerful economy in the world? And this guy's out there running around, well, Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that and Donald Trump doesn't apologize and Donald Trump's a child and Donald Trump's arrogant and Donald Trump da 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 da. You're a moron and you're a deadbeat. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story here. He's a deadbeat. The dude has made money his entire life. And I'm going to tell you a little story about my background. You know, you, you all know a little bit about my background. Y'all know that I'm divorced. I have two children. I've paid child support since my son was six weeks old. And if you know, if I didn't pay child support, I would be in jail. Not Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh lied on his, on his, on his paperwork saying he didn't make what he made. I mean, he's employed at the Salem radio network. Now, Joe Walsh, and, and I'm not going to use names here. I, I debated this all day yesterday and all this morning of really spilling the beans on Joe Walsh. But it isn't, isn't my place to do. Joe Walsh is a phony. 
Joe Walsh is just a flip-flopping moron. Now, Joe Walsh got his big break in radio because a powerful gentleman, and I'm not I, I, I'm not here to libel or slander people. I could not find this information, but I know it to be true. I know this to be true. I, I've seen it and read it and uh, have talked to certain people that I know. Joe Walsh, only reason Joe Walsh is in radio is because he brokered his time. Now, you're all out there saying, Matlock, what the hell are you talking about? What is brokered? Brokered radio is when you go to someone like BAP or WoWo or KLIF or um, MNC or any terrestrial radio station. You can broker time. And all you're doing is you're paying for airtime. You go to that radio station. You say, hey, I've got this radio show. I want to broker time on your terrestrial radio station. They say, here are the rules for the FCC. You can't say this, this, and this. And away you go, and you pay the station money to be on the air. Well, Joe Walsh had the backing of a multimillionaire who decided he was going to inundate the airwaves with Joe Walsh. And he backed Walsh to the tune of millions to broker airtime all over the country until... Salem Radio Network picked him up, and now he's probably, if I would guess, he's under contract, but he was paying to have his voice out there. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't, because I could go broker time. I could go out there and say, hey, I want this much time. I want to do it you know, once a week, twice a week, whatever, you know, whatever he was brokering. That's fine, but he would have never made it to where he's at today, and he calls himself a conservative, a Tea Party conservative. This guy is nowhere near that. And he keeps telling you that, you know, the president's unqualified, that he's unfit, that he's erratic, that he's reckless, that he's a narcissist, that the GOP secretly can't stand him. And in the GOP, he's talking about the rhinos, not the actual people of this country. But in the end, he's full of shit. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of watching these morons on the right beat up Trump and call him stupid. I'm going to tell you something here. Joe Walsh, you're a phony. You're a phony. You're a deadbeat. You're a phony. You're fake. You're going to get your ass handed to you, which is going to be kind of cute and funny. But he's only doing this for one reason. And I'm watching some stuff go down on the other network, which I do not condone. I don't want to be any freaking part of. You never burn a bridge. You you, you should never burn a bridge when you leave somewhere. And and here's my little 30,000 lesson to you. Leave, shut your mouth, and move on. Seriously, it isn't worth drudging through the mud. It isn't worth bringing up. And here's Joe Walsh drudging up this crap that isn't worth drudging up. If you think that Donald Trump is stupid, you are crazy. You are not a billionaire by being stupid. I'm sorry. Oh, well, his dad gave him all this money to, to build this business. Okay. I, I would give Bernie Sanders. I said this yesterday to Wade and Dane as I was playing golf. I would, I would gladly give Bernie Sanders a half a billion dollars. Go build a billion dollar empire. He couldn't do it. He wouldn't have the first clue as how to build anything. He wouldn't know how to do it. I don't care how much money Trump got from his dad. He built it into a multi-billion dollar business. The guy knows what he's doing. And you guys are idiots to sit here and think he doesn't. It's just ridiculous to listen to you talk. And to say that he's unqualified. I mean, we're going to get to here in a little bit. Trump is pretty much just completed a trade deal with Japan. That is huge for Asia. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to finish up with Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh is only a publicity whore. That's all he is. And the sad part about this is he'll parade his self around out here. He'll say he's the bizarro Trump. He's the, the, you know, he's the common sense um, uh, uh, answer to what Trump has brought to this country. 
He's tired of Trump taking to Twitter. He's tired of blah, blah, blah. I'm standing up. I brought this on. No, no, no. I'm ready to have my background excoriated because you, you can't run for politics. You're going to get you're going to get killed. Uh, Joe, we'll all know about Joe Walsh's background. I don't have to tell you what's going on. I know the money that backed him. I know who it is. I'm not going to say it. Uh, I know what goes on in Joe Walsh's life. I've, I've researched him. I'm not a big Joe Walsh fan. And he kind of came onto my radar back, I don't know, four years, four or five years ago. I mean, it was back, you know, he, he was just, it was right at, he only served one term as a Tea Party guy and he left and he went into radio. And, and, Mike Pence was a radio guy. Now he's vice president. He was governor of Indiana. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying radio's bad or good. He just ran out of politics, which I don't blame him. And now he spews his crap on radio. And there is a certain segment of audience that will listen to him. They'll listen to him. And he's doing this for listenership. He's doing this for money is what he's doing. And he's teamed up with Bill Crystal, who is a big never Trumper. And, and the Evan McMullins and these morons and, and the Mitt Romneys, yes. If you go back and listen to the Matt Locke show, episode 406, I drill Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's a moron. Mitt Romney's supposedly working with Harry Reid now. I mean, this is, they hate Trump. They want a new world order. That Trump is in the way. Trump is not political. Trump is getting stuff done. He's bending China over the table right now. We're going to talk about that trade deal with Japan. But in the end, Trump loves America. And he came out this morning, and I'm going to tell you something. I, I stood up and cheered. Because one of the reporters asked Donald Trump, well, how do you think that's going to affect you politically? You know what Trump said? I don't care. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you've done for this country. And that is the perfect answer to this crap. I don't care politically what it does to me. I am doing what is best for this country and I don't care what the politics, the reporters, and the fake news media report on. I don't care. And you know what? I believe him. It's amazing. Joe Walsh, good luck. You're going to get your ass handed to you. It's going to be kind of funny. But of course, the left wants somebody out there to make Trump look bad. That's the way it is. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. There's a link on my webpage, thematlockshow.com. If you hit that link, it'll take you over there as well. Scars, C-S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. It is a veteran-run and operated coffee company. And what it does is it gives veterans a mission. It gives them the ability to run their own business. They're 1099 employees. They go out and they hawk the coffee. They sell the t-shirts. They sell the merchandise. But they're doing it for a great cause themselves. They need missions. They come back from, from fighting for our country. They need a goal. They need a, they need a group to help them live, to understand, to cope. You know, a lot of these veterans come back and, and they're broken. They're hurt, not physically, but maybe mentally. This puts them in a small group, gives them leadership, gives them structure that they're used to, but they can head over to Scars and Stripes Coffee. And if you're a veteran, check it out, scarsandstripescoffee.com. You can start your own e-commerce business. It's all there for you. The platform's there for you. The product's there for you. All you have to do is hit the ground running and go sell it. And they get a percentage of those sales. They can make it a good side business. They just want to do a little side hustle. They make it a full-time. I don't know. But if they head to Scars and Stripes Coffee, you're going to get fantastic coffee. It's veteran-led in RAN. And it's amazing because it's going to have the largest veteran sales force in the country. Head over to Scars and Stripes Coffee. Order their coffee. Look for a veteran. Help a vet out. It gives them a mission. It's fantastic on the product. Scarsandstripescoffee.com. Do it now. All right. I want to move to Japan. Uh, I, it, you know, so the G7 is currently taking place. You know, Trump's over in France. He's talking to Macron this morning on Fox News. Sorry, I had to take a drink of my Scarlet Stripe coffee. Um, the G7. So while over there, you've got all of these leaders, minus Russia, and everybody's losing their gourd because Trump says, well, Russia should be back in. I mean, you know, Obama got a, a red ass. You know, his his backside got hurt, and uh, he kicked Russia out of the deal because he got played. I think that's kind of funny, too, but that's for another day. But uh, a deal is all about sealed with Japan. 
President Donald Trump confirming, quote, it's a very big transaction, and we've agreed in principle while speaking to uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. In France, after a meeting at the G7 summit, Trump said the prime minister agreed to purchase some of U.S. farmers' corn, blaming China for the excess product excess product on farmers' hands. I, I want you to think about this for a second. I'm an ag. I know I know ag real well. I know farmers real well. And I'm going to tell you these farmers aren't hurting like you think they are. I mean, some are. Let's, let's let's not get carried away. But for the most part, the smart farmers know how to take care of themselves. You know, that's why they have storage units. That's why they keep their grain on site. They wait till the market's favorable, and then they sell. Farmers are not dumb. Believe me, I've worked with them my entire life. They're some of the smartest men and women I know. You know, hard times come, good times come. I can remember, guys, I'm going to tell you, and gals, about, uh, I don't know, six, seven years ago, I'm going to say 2012, 13-ish, there were farmers building machine sheds all over Iowa because they had more money than they knew what to do with. Seriously. Back then, corn was selling for $7 plus a bushel. They were literally printing money. And what farmers do is they have to buy equipment because otherwise they pay taxes to the government. So they have to buy equipment and depreciate it and all that. So there were machine sheds being built all over Iowa about five or six years ago. Great times. I mean, farmers were making a lot of money, and then the, the market on corn tanked, went all the way down to like two bucks from seven, eight dollars. And you know what farmers did? They got smart, and they started building grain bins, and they stored their, their grain, because you can store your grain for up to a certain amount of time and wait for the market to change. So to sit here and say that farmers are hurting only the ones that weren't paying attention. Because you're always doing futures. You're always paying attention to what's going on in the market. You're always looking forward. I mean, that's what farming is. You're looking forward to the next harvest. And next year is going to be, I'm going to tell you, all the rain we got this year. I'm already seeing it in the market. Next year is going to be a huge market for corn. Because a lot of corn didn't get planted because of flooding. You got to plant corn by a certain time. And if you don't, you switch over to beans because it's, it's a shorter growing period. You only have so much time to grow your crops in the Midwest. And depending on how far north you go, you get less and less time because it gets colder the closer you get to Canada. So, you know, there's only a certain amount of time or, or what they call gestation cycle or period, days that the corn can grow. So you got to make decisions. Soybeans take less time. And they're actually cost less to plant. And you don't make as much, but they're one of those deals where soybeans are used for everything. But here's the deal. Trump has backed China into a corner. Because now Japan has come in and said, um, you know, here's the deal. We'll help you out. We want to do business with America. We know how big America is. We know what kind of customer America is. We know what kind of money you have, and we want that in our economy. Trump said the prime minister agreed to purchase some of U.S. Uh, farmers' corn, blaming China. He expects the billion-dollar deal to be sealed by the time the U.N. General Assembly meets in mid-September. Quote, this is a tremendous deal for the United States, really a tremendous deal for our farmers and agriculture, along with e-commerce, said the president. Abe called the deal a win-win, describing the talks through a translator as a series of intensive negotiations. Quote, we still have some remaining work. That has to be done at the working level to finalize the wording and content in the deal. Now, the Japanese prime minister noted their country was experiencing an insect problem on their on certain agricultural products and that the private sector would be purchasing U.S. corn products to offset that issue. He said an emergency may be needed to declare declared to accelerate the buy. So U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer broke down the agreement into three parts. Agriculture. Reduction of industrial uh, reduction of industrial tariffs and digital trade. Quote from our point of view, it is extremely important for our farmers and ranchers and those who work in the digital space. He said, noting Japan is our third largest advocate to the market. Already, the island imports 14 billion in agricultural products, and Lighthizer said the agreement would open up seven billion more. It is a 50 percent increase. In selling to Japan. And here's the deal. Trump just put China's balls in a vice. You're not the only game on the block. There are other countries that would gladly do business with us. And once again, Trump holds all of the cards. China needs the United States economy more than we need China.
Now, Tom Cotton said this before, and it is true. There is going to be short-term, excuse me, discomfort in the United States because we are used to buying cheap junk from China. We are. And, you know, all the left's out there, oh, well, Trump has this and Ivana, Ivanka does it. Yes, they manufacture stuff in China. Everybody does. They would like to get away from that. They would like to bring, you know, manufacturing back here to the States. Anytime you try to manufacture something, everybody always tells you, well, are you taking that to China? Because they manipulate the system. They manipulate their currency. They manipulate the cost of goods. They manipulate it so that you can only bring it here because it's not good for your business to do it anywhere else. Trump's changing that. Finally, after 40 years of getting bent over a table by China, he says, enough's enough. I'm changing that. We're going to make it so you can make things over here. I would like, and you know, by the way, everybody blew a gasket when he, and I always tell you this, 24-hour rule with Trump, right? They blew a gasket when Trump said, you know, I order companies to try to find places to make things other than China. You know, he has the ability to do that. I didn't realize this. There is an act in 1977 that if we are in a state of emergency, Trump can protect America by doing the very thing he did. I'll have to look it up and I'll put it out tomorrow. I wasn't planning on talking about it today, but like everything, Trump knew going in, he had some leverage. Would I want Trump to do it? Probably not. I mean, do I want him to, you know, call for an emergency? No. I mean, I don't think we're at the emergency level. But he can tell companies, look, guys, China's killing you. They're stealing your information. They're stealing your product. They're taking advantage of you. Why don't we try something different? Why don't we do something else? Why don't we put America first. So getting this deal done with Japan, huge. Uh, it says within agriculture, the official said it'll be huge for beef, pork, wheat, dairy products, wine, ethanol, and a variety of other, other products. The U.S. sells more than $2 billion in beef to Japan. And Lighthizer said a reduction in tariffs will allow us to do so with lower tariffs and to compete more effectively with people in the Trans-Pacific Partnership countries in Europe. Exact details on the deal will be revealed later per the United States. Um, Fox business anchor Maria Bartiroma explained on Fox and Friends Sunday morning the significance of the agreement related to the trade war against China. She says, quote, the underlining real positive here, in my view, she says, is the fact that the president is gaining allies when it comes to the fight against China. She's 100% right. You start cutting China out of all these deals. You bring in Turkey. You bring in Japan. You bring in the uh, Israel. You start bringing in the Middle East. You bring in North Korea, which we're working on. You know, you start doing that. What do you do? You cut China out of the mix. What does that do to China? It we it weakens their hold even more over there in Asia. It's an amazing play. You think Trump doesn't know what he's doing? Come on, you guys. I, I'm so sick of people saying, "Oh, Trump's stupid. Trump's this. Trump is not dumb. Trump is not stupid. He gets business." He knows how to make his way around a negotiation table. I've read The Art of the Deal. It's fantastic. He is not unintelligent by any means of the imagination. Now, I want to talk about intelligence here for a minute. And I don't normally do this on my podcast, but I'm irritated today. So on Saturday night, I'm sitting there watching the Colts in a preseason game play the Chicago Bears. And I don't. I love the Colts, don't, guys. I've been a Colts fan since I was ten years old. The Colts moved to Indianapolis in 1984, and, and you know there was no professional football team in the North in Indiana before the Colts. Okay, so I grew up in Angola, Indiana, which is about uh, 35 miles north and east of Fort Wayne. And uh, if you, when growing up, you had three options. You could root for the Bears in Chicago, which was about eh, two, two and a half hours away. You could root for the Detroit Lions, which was about two and a half hours away in Detroit, Michigan. Or you could root for the Cleveland Browns, which was about three hours away. Those were the choices you had for teams. That was it. And I wasn't a fan of any. Now, I was only 10, mind you, when the Colts came to Indianapolis. And growing up on a farm in northeast Indiana, we got what we called the Farmer Four. So we got ABC, NBC, and CBS, and we got PBS. Fox wasn't even a channel back then. That's how old I am. 
So I grew up watching the Detroit Tiger games out of Detroit because we could get a couple channels out of Detroit if the if the clouds and all the stuff were right. So I'd watch a few Detroit Tigers games growing up. Chet Lemon, um, Daryl Evans, um, Kurt Gibson, those guys, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker. I mean, I, I, I like the, the Tigers growing up. I'm a big Braves fan. Always have been, always will be. But I, I watched a lot of Tiger games growing up because that's all I had to watch, and I love baseball. But I'm digressing here. Um, back then, you know, there, there just wasn't a lot of teams to root for. So I started rooting for the Colts. I was 10 years old and they would show the Colts game. The Colts, you know, ended up signing a contract for local television. So you could watch the Colts games on Sunday. And I became a Colts fan. And I've, I've been through the Jim Harbaugh's and the Kelly Strocks and, you know, the terrible quarterbacks of, of the time. And I watched the Colts struggle for years and years and years. Then along came a guy by the name of Peyton Manning. And <laughs> he completely revolutionized or turned Indianapolis around. Hell, he built Lucas Oil Stadium. He was a prodigy all of himself. He was a fantastic quarterback. He took Indianapolis from the doorstep that they were, the awful team that they were, and he made them a contender in the AFC for years, for years and years, won a Super Bowl, lost another Super Bowl. I mean, I've 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 come and I've gone and and I've suffered through the hot the the, the I've suffered through the lows and I've I've you know celebrated the good times. But Peyton Manning got hurt, his neck. And I I don't know for people who don't follow football, you probably don't remember this, but he hurt his neck, and we were in trouble. We were in trouble. Uh, we went from being a perennial playoff team to winning two games when Peyton Manning was hurt. And then Peyton Manning says, you know, the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning came to an agreement. Well, we got to separate ways. And Peyton went to Denver, which still broke my heart. I became a Denver fan for a few years, but it broke my heart because I love Peyton Manning. But we drafted this guy by the name of Andrew Luck out of Stanford University. We thought he was going to be the savior. And the first couple of years, you know, he was. He was a fantastic player, rugged, could throw the ball down the field, was mobile. I mean, he was a young Peyton Manning in my eyes. And I thought, oh, you know, we made the right decision to move on. It was tough because, you know, I had watched Peyton Manning build the Colts into who they were. So in my mind, back then in 2012, you know, I said to myself, that's the right decision. You know, Peyton's going to have a few more years, but in the long run, Andrew Luck is our guy. And so Peyton goes off to Denver, wins a Super Bowl, and now looking back, uh, Andrew Luck on Saturday announced he was retiring. And I instantly texted my friend, and I said, holy hell, what, what is going on here? I mean, the guy's only been in the league for seven years. He hasn't been, it's not very long. And if you understand the NFL, the quarterback position, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady's in his 40s. Peyton Manning in his 40s. I mean, he, he, Brett Favre, all these amazing quarterbacks that you hear about, they play for a long time because the quarterback position is the one position that, you know, you can play a long time. You don't get hit as much. You know, you, you've, you've got to, it's just one of those deals where, unlike a lineman, or a running back, you just don't get the hell beat out of you as much, right? So when Andrew Luck announced his retirement this weekend, I was sad. It, it, it was a sad day. And I texted my buddy and I said, what the hell's going on here? I mean, I don't get this. He's like, ah, there's more to this than we all know. And I'm like, really? I mean, you know, give me some of the insight here. What are we hearing? What are we hearing? And he, and he gave me a couple suggestions, which didn't turn out to be true after what we heard, because right after that, because we found out uh, ESPN uh, reported on it. And then, whoa, whoa, I, I get their text messages for 6862 uh, reported on it that uh, he was retiring right in the middle of that game. While he was on the sideline. So after the game, Andrew Luck did an impromptu press conference and said, I'm retiring from the game of football. And I have to say, I'm I'm so divided. I get it. Andrew Luck has been hurt a lot. I remember um, Bob Sanders, a safety with Indianapolis. Guy was like a missile. I mean, he was rugged. He was tough. You didn't go over the middle with Bob Sanders patrolling and in the year we won the Super Bowl was the year that Bob Sanders just played out of his mind. But Bob Sanders was always hurt. 
always hurt. For like four seasons, he played with Indianapolis. He played about half the games. When he was in there, amazing. When he wasn't in there, the team suffered. And I feel the same way about Andrew Luck and the, and the Indianapolis Colts. When, when Luck's in there, we're a good team. And now all of the Vegas odds makers had Indianapolis doing really well this year. Had them uh, a pretty good favorite to at least compete for the Super Bowl and to win their division and, and to be pretty good. And now Andrew Luck comes out and says, eh, I've got to retire. The The injuries are too much. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of being hurt. And he has been. He has been hurt on and off again for the last three years. I mean, the dude had a lacerated kidney. He got the hell beat out of him because, for one, the offensive line for the Colts has been really stinky the last few years. I mean, it's been bad. And as a quarterback, he's gotten hit a lot more. Plus, he runs. I mean, he's brought on some of this stuff himself. But he has missed about, I think they said, 26 games in the last three years. That's a lot of games. That's almost half the season every year. You know, I, I thought Andrew Luck was going to be the savior. I thought Andrew Luck was going to be Peyton Manning 2.0. I thought Andrew Luck was going to be the guy that brought the Colts back to significance. And he did in a little ways. And, and after the entire weekend of reflection, because I was mad. I'm going to tell you, I was irritated. I like NFL football. I did not boycott. You know, the Colts did not kneel. For the national anthem, I like the Colts. I moved to Texas here. I actually have to go to the bar, no frills, to watch the Colts games because I can't get them here. All you can get is Dallas Cowboys. And I don't even want to talk about the Cowboys and the thugs they employ because they're all in jail and it's really weird. But anyway, I'm sad today. I'm sad today on this program. I actually took 10 minutes to explain to you that I'm sad today on this program because Andrew Luck is retiring from the Colts in the NFL. And I just have to say thank you. To Andrew Luck. Thank you for entertaining me. Thank you for being the person you are. Um, you know, the guy doesn't need the money. I, I I looked it up over the weekend. His net worth is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 80, 90, 100 million dollars. I mean, he was paid well out of Stanford. Um, he's been in the NFL for almost eight years. So he outplayed his rookie contract, got into the big contract. I think they were paying him somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 mil a year with endorsements and everything else. I mean, if he's a smart guy from Stanford. I'm sure he does not need the money. I'm sure if he manages his money correctly, he'll never work again. I mean, good for him. And as society, I wanted to bring all this up because as a society, we are let's what's the word I'm looking for we are spoiled over the fact that we watch these men play on Sunday we watch our idols play you know I idolized Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and Tom Glavin and big Braves fan and we watched our idols play and we wanted to be like them in in Andrew Luck was an amazing idol in a time in this country where kids are looking for people to idolize. Andrew Luck was an amazing man who took care of his community, never got in trouble, kept his nose out of, you know, kept his nose up, did the things he needed for his community, unlike a Rapineau who tears down America, unlike a Kaepernick, unlike all these thugs that you see. Andrew Luck was a sports icon and he was an idol that you could idolize. We're missing too many of those. So for that, my heart breaks because there's a lot of young men out there that wanted to be the next Andrew Luck. They looked up to him. They idolized him. They followed him because he did it right. So Andrew, for me to you, you probably will never hear this podcast, but thank you for all the years of entertainment you gave me. For being an Indianapolis Colt, I know it was a hard decision for what you had to do, but only you can make that decision. And I want to I want to end the program with this. You know, life is a constant choice. And self-responsibility is few it's far in between now in this country. We all have to be responsible for ourselves. We all have to take the initiative. We all have to go out there and spread the conservative word. We all have to be beacons of hope, light, and we need to be prepared with the facts. 
We're in a war. We're in a struggle. We're watching as the Joe Walsh's of the world, the Bill Crystals of the world, are trying to tear down what America is, and we cannot let that happen. You have to be diligent. You have to do this. So please head over to the matlockshow.com. Continue to follow, share, like, do all the things. Find me over on Twitter at Real Matlock, Instagram, Parlor, the Cartel Matt on Facebook, the Matlock Show. Find me everywhere. Let's keep going. We're at 191 on the iTunes charts. We need to go higher. I need your help. That's all I got to say. So get over there, follow, do it, everything. Thank you so much for all the stuff you have done. I appreciate it. This is week three. Merchandise coming. Big announcements coming. As soon as I get the information, you will be the first to know. Before today, the Matlock Show is out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The holidays are on at Old Navy, where all jeans, all pants, all sweaters, and all outerwear are on sale up to 50% off now. Jeans start at just 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. All the looks you love, even this season's must-have plaid styles, are on sale. Plus, get fashion in a flash. Buy online, pick up in-store for free today in just two hours. Hurry in for up to 50% off all jeans, pants, sweaters, and outerwear at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 11.4 to 11.13 excludes in-store clearance.